Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
prostate health, liver and kidney rejuvenation, sexual power on demand. These are functions that men and the women who love them truly desire. Remember this rule. You should seek to maintain it rather than to wait and hope to regain it. Black Hef, because getting and staying hard matters. It's awesome, baby! Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. Listen, do you hear? It's getting closer. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kyer, and you are now rocking with the best. This is OriginalNativeRadio.com, and we are proudly sponsored by RelaxationIsTheKey.com and MasterYow.com. Big up yourself tonight for tuning in to the Tower of Tantra. Yes, yes, yes. I know over the holidays, everybody was getting their thing in. We had to compete with that. Um, you know, we had a lot of things going on. People were traveling. Master Yah was in the road. I was on the highway. But tonight, teamwork is going to make the dream work. It is going down once again. Both of us are back in the saddle. We want to thank everyone who has been hitting the downloads faithfully. Um, we want to Definitely do a big shout-out to everyone in the Grand Triumph program, Level 1 and Level 2. Big shout-out to the ATL. Big shout-out to Houston, Texas. Big shout-out to Baltimore. Crazy big shout-out to New Jersey. All of you all are doing it real big, and I, myself, Coach K, is extremely proud of you, and I just want to keep encouraging each and every one of you to, once you realize that you're on the right path, like the old Hindu proverb says, just keep walking. You may not get there fast. You may not be there tomorrow, but look at where you are at now compared to where you were. Just look at it. Just look at how your life has changed just from taking a level one grand train class and look at the things that have happened to you now that you are certified at the level two level. Look at the things that um been going on around your life that you may have thought were insurmountable, that you may have thought were things that you couldn't overcome. Look at the obstacles, the way you have addressed them. Look at all of that and see just from taking a single step. Remember, a journey of a 1,000 miles starts with a single step. So Coach K really, really, really wants to say that I am magnificently proud of each and every one of you. (laughs) 
the dream come true. But tonight we're getting ready to go back in and just go back over, cover some good material, and welcome you to the Tower of Tantra. This is episode number 23. Of course, you know, we had a couple half episodes in there. This is our 23rd episode, fully complete, locked in the chamber, and rip-roaring ready to go. Without further ado, I want you all to get on your feet, get your hands together, start talking about it, start dreaming about this brother, the author, the creator, the oracles of Kim Senu, the natural blueprint to relationships, awakening to the master feminine, the creator of the Grand Triumph program, put your hands together for Master Yahweh. Good evening, y'all. Welcome to the show tonight. I want to thank very much, uh, Coach Kyer, for having me on once again. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Also, um, I know one thing I wanted to do before I forgot. I forgot to give a, a special shout-out to OrganiteGetsYouRight.com. OrganiteGetsYouRight.com. I know a lot of you who are here in the art of Tantra and you want to increase on your power levels, I remember if you checked back in the archives, maybe week 12 or week 14, um, y'all gave out a full moon formula that involved organite energy and organite power. Today I just got my glow-in-the-dark pieces. Tonight some love and money, prosperity, organite pieces. And if you'd like to get involved in that, please go check out www.organitegetsyourright.com. All right, Master Yao. Yes, tonight I am really definitely looking forward to some hot science. We talked earlier today before we came on the air, um, and I'm ready to go ahead and get it popping. Absolutely, positively. I want to greet the listeners out there. Uh, we can't do it without you. Uh, I had a conversation with someone um, last week. And they were telling me, Master Yao, you know, I'm getting ready to um, take a break for a couple of days, but this thing came up and that thing came up, and I was feeling a little stressed. And I went to my mate, to my man, hoping he could give me a little bit of, you know, something to keep me uh, grounded and whatever. And he came out with some, some negative stuff, too. So I'm fighting that at the same time. And why is it that, you know, it seems like every time uh, the holidays come around, um, things go this way or that. Uh Uh-oh, speak on it, y'all. Speak on it. So I was saying to people, and I posted this on the uh, Facebook page for the Grand Tribe, that it seems like over the holidays, the counterfeit personality is pumped up on steroids. And it comes true, it seems, for some people. It's that, for me, I know going home is a stressful time for me, going back to my family where I grew up. Um, It's like everyone makes their best effort to put on a good face at that time. We we put on that, I'm at home and I'm trying to pretend like everything is what it needs to be, face, 
But at the holidays, sometimes you're feeling you're most stressed out. You're just four, six hours in traffic trying to get there. You're competing with your peers and siblings and aunts and uncles and whatever. You find out somebody's been sick and you didn't know. You know, somebody painted your old room red and you wanted it to stay black. (coughs) It's all good. But sometimes on the holidays we see the counterfeit personality and we see it on steroids. And it's like all the stuff that's bothering us any other time seems to just get a little extra bounce to it. Why is that? The other thing is that last time we were on the air, we had our second major installment where we talked about the counterfeit personality structure and how to recognize it. And Coach Kyrie mentioned that one of the important things is to consider when one mate has one level of stuff going on and the other mate's at a different, totally different place. In other words, where the two of them are not necessarily vibing on the same level. We had a couple of callers who brought up the same point. Their point was, what do I do when I take the Grand Trine class and I'm hitting on all cylinders? I'm getting my stuff right. I'm working on my counterfeit stuff. I'm working on my authentic self. My energy is coming up. I'm ready to put it in the overdrive. Boom and bam. You crash because the mate you're working with ain't trying to hear that. They heard about the Grand Trine, but they haven't taken the class yet. They don't like the fact that all of a sudden, you know, uh, all, you know, you you guys were, you know, you were doing oral sex all the time. That's, that's That was your mainstay. Now, all of a sudden, you want more vaginal sex because it's feeling good to you now. And they're like, well, wait a second. I got used to the old way. I want to stay there. Why are we changing? And, you know, you start telling them, you know, this is your counterfeit personality. And they say, I don't want to hear that crap. Stop giving me all of that grand trying crap. You know, I don't, I didn't take the class. I don't want to know the reason. I don't want to hear it coming out of your mouth anymore because every time I turn around, you're talking about counterfeit this or, or energy work that or projection of this or why don't I learn to do table work and this, that, and the other. What, what do you do? Where, where do you go from there? What happens when you start to get past some of your past issues, you're starting to feel happy, you're starting to feel like, wow, I'm starting to look forward to this relationship piece now. And your mate's just not feeling that. So tonight's topic is uneven couples. And really that's 100% of the couples out here. Because who's exactly... Which two people, how are you going to find two people who are in the exactly same place, in the exact same place? Not, not, not common. So let's talk about some strategies for recognizing where we are. Instead of two people saying, well, you're here. No, I'm there. You're here. You're here. How do we measure it? And once we see that we're not in the same place our mate's at, what do we do about it? I'm going to just throw this back to Coach K for a few seconds and give him a chance to weigh in on this since it was his topic before we take it to the next level and go back 
to the book Awakening the Master Feminine and see what it said. Coach Katie, before I jump on this one and kick this football, you got anything you want to throw in there? You know good and well. I got stuff I want to throw in there. This is the this is that whole. Um, you don't mind if I pull the Bible out, do you? I want to go get the good book. <laughs> and this is I'm not trying to influence anybody towards Christianity or towards any other one. If I could have pulled this particular point I want to make from another book, I would have done it. But in the Bible, it talks about being evenly yoked. Now, this has many many different definitions and ways you can break this down. In the Christian faith itself, they say, well, they try to insinuate if you're a Christian, your best relationship is going to be with that of the same faith, evenly yoked. Me, as an order, as a member of the Magi, the three wise men who found Jesus, we look at Christianity differently from an astrological standpoint, and evenly yoked is dealing with zodiac signs, particular, which always boils down to different energies. If you are working with a particular energy and you're not yoked up with a complementary energy, you are not evenly yoked. It's, known, it's not about, oh, well, he don't believe in God the way I do, or he want to go to an AME Zion church and I want to go Presbyterian. But we're talking about the actual work. And this always falls back down to what is your intent. Why did you pick to go, you know, you got into this relationship, boom, or into a relationship. Then you moved to Seattle, Washington, or wherever. And then you said, hey, I want to go to this church. And then the other person says, I don't want to go to that particular place of practice. Now, are you going to break up the relationship just over the practice, or are you going to um, see what kind of leadership is there and what type of trust is there when moving forward in the practice? Now, some people have said, well, my intention is I'm in a stuck relationship. Because I'm realizing my counterfeit personalities. And what did Master Y'all say? 100%. And even if we give them a little credit, we'll say 98% of the relationships out here are operating under two healthy championship counterfeit personality gorillas up under one roof. And then all of a sudden, one counterfeit personality want to break free and move over to the 2%. Well, the other counterfeit personality in the house it's saying, I don't want to go. And now your intent changes. You start studying this art so you can say, well, eventually he'll leave or eventually I'll have reason to leave. All these type of things happen in counterfeit personality relationships. People start coming in, insinuating, or letting things slide as they say, yeah. Or as I was talking to a young lady on Facebook, ignoring the yellow flags. How many times has something happened and you ignore the yellow flag? But then all of a sudden, here comes this cruise ship called the Grand Triumph Program or another Tantra program, and you say, hey, I'm going to jump on that program. And my mate, I know they're not going to come, but were you evenly yoked in the first place? And how are you going to introduce this to the person? Now, if you are coming in with a forceful manner for the female to the male or for the male to the female, it's not going to work because it must be an organic relationship. So I just want to encourage everybody 
to rethink what is your authentic purpose for coming in on the path if you know that you both are not evenly yoked. Coach Kaya says this each and every week on every show I do. You must be honest with yourself and others at all times. You got to sit down with your partner and don't throw grand trying and counterfeit personalities all up in their face like you the new Jesus or you the new Jehovah Witness. You have to sit down and say, hey, I'm not really sure about why I got in this relationship. Or tell that person about your counterfeit personality. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk. I wanted uh, Master Yao to come up, break out the um, Awakening the Master Feminine, which is a book, remember, originally written for men. It was originally written for men. So we can find out what is it about ourselves, because we men have to identify as well to our partners. And you women, I know it's very hard because a lot of y'all have been carrying on these charades for 10, 15, 20 years. And now you want to, now Coach is asking you to come clean. <laughs> Boy, I know I'm pulling teeth tonight, y'all, but that's just my particular take on it. I think people need to not necessarily do confessions, but be honest when you are approached about are we in an evenly yoked relationship. That's my piece on that, brother. And please let me know what page we're going because I got my grand trying, two highlighters, and a red pen laying right here in my lap. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw some words out there at, at the audience. So when he talks about being yoked, you know, I think of a uh, an oxen pulling a plow or a horse, you know, pulling a carriage. You know, a yoke uh, signifies an obligation to do work. And so when you talk about being evenly yoked, it's are both parties equally obligated to the success of the relationship, in other words, to the success of their mate. Relationships are a funny thing. Hold on, y'all, before you get started, because somebody might, because I understand where you're going, but I want to use two oxes, because when Coach Kyrie uses evenly yoked, I don't want to use one ox pulling one plow. I want to use two oxes, because in a relationship, both parties got to do work. So coach's definition, what I was implying was that we are evenly yoked, meaning the yoke is showing us that we are both pulling the load together. I don't want it to look like a burden. I'm looking at it at the high end of this yoke is joining us together as we cultivate this field, as we break up this land, and as we harvest and pull our um, pull our uh, fruits and our fruits of our labor to the to the marketplace because I was going to ask you later. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you now. I was going to surprise everybody. I want to talk about how the advantages of being evenly yoked can help us fill our baskets up, y'all. Because I had a horror story today of somebody said, well, I'm kind of practicing tantra and I didn't tell him and I was trying to manifest some money and stuff and everything just went wrong. I don't know what happened. I said, well, y'all won't evenly yoked, meaning that person wasn't even on that particular level. And We've talked about our baskets, so I want you to, you know, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to throw that part in there. That's kind of the direction I was going for later on down the line. But I, I love the way, the way you're starting it already. Thank you. So when we, we talk about obligation, you know, obligation means you voluntarily agree to have a commitment to something. 
you know, you, if, if you're a slave or you're oppressed or you're harassed, then somebody is forcing you to do something against your will. An obligation can only be taken on voluntarily. And, and it may not be something that uh, <clears throat> that's glory or honor or whatever attached to it, but normally there's some benefit. So, so when we talk about a relationship, we talk about two people having a responsibility. So I want each of you in your mind to have a sheet of paper, a mental sheet of paper or a mental chalkboard. I want you to draw a line down the center of it. On one side, I want you to write responsibility. On the other side, pleasure, and draw a column between the two. So when we try to figure out are we evenly yoked or not and what to do about it, we want to think about two columns. We want to think about a pleasure column. We want to think about a responsibility column. So the, your, whether you, if, if you're looking for pleasure, if you're looking for good stuff, then you have to be willing to take an equal responsibility. If you want five uh, ingots of pleasure, you need to be willing to take five ingots of responsibility. This is how I define, you know, your obligations. Now, the next thing is the counterfeit personality structure is not going to allow you to do that. The counterfeit personality structure is going to set it up so that you want three ingots of pleasure and you're only willing to give one ingot of responsibility because that's how the counterfeit personality is. It's unfair. We can think of it a different way. We can think of it as benefits versus penalties. And so counterfeit personality is always going to stress the penalties in the relationship, whereas the authentic original self is always going to stress the benefits. Therefore, when you're trying to determine if you are equally yoked in a relationship, do you, does you, do you and your mate equally look at things on both sides of this column in the same fashion. So if you say, um, I want you to get up and make breakfast before I go to work, and you attach a certain level of importance to that, that same day, if the other party says, I want to go out to dinner, and you can afford it because, you know, that's my benefit for getting up all all day this week, every morning this week, and cooking your breakfast when I didn't have to go to work then, is the mate equally committed to the pleasure as they were committed to the obligation, to the responsibility. If you do this, if you draw this line and you look on one side and you say benefits versus penalties, and you want to see if you and your partner are equally committed to the relationship, do this exercise every day for a week and see exactly how it pans out. In other words, to the extent that you're trying to achieve pleasure for yourself, are you trying to achieve an equal amount of pleasure for your mate and vice versa? Does your mate, every time they're thinking about pleasure for themselves, do they think about pleasure for you? Then give that a number between 1 and 100 if you can measure that. Then the same week, look at every time your mate 
loads of responsibility on you, are they willing to take on an equal responsibility themselves? Or do they have one measure, one protocol, when it comes to them taking responsibility and a totally different standard, another way of doing it, when it comes to them taking responsibility? If the answer to that question is they have a different standard, then you are not equal. If they if they are always looking to emphasize their own pleasure, not equally to the extent that they're willing to emphasize yours, you're not equal, and there's a difference in your counterfeit personality structure. Therefore, when you get to this place where you take the Grand Trine program, if you go into the Grand Trine program and you've done this analysis and you realize there's a big difference between the way you look at pleasure and responsibility in a relationship and the way your mate does, then you must do this test and make a judgment and a decision immediately thereafter. We talked in our previous discussions about the five levels of the counterfeit personality structure. Let me go back and review. What is the counterfeit personality structure? It is, first of all, based on the fact that you are born with a natal blueprint in your DNA and your spirit as to how you should be, what you should become. To the extent that you don't become that and become something else, something different, something that's not in full alignment with you, that part of you that's not matching your original self, that's your counterfeit self. To the extent that you've turned out to be a person different in degree from the 360 degrees of your own original self, if it's 10 degrees, 40 degrees, 89 degrees, those numbers are degrees that you're off. That's your counterfeit personality structure. Now, the more severe the counterfeit personality structure, the more you are not like your original self, the you that you were meant to be, the more severe the counterfeit personality structure is. We can grade it on a scale from one to five. The first level is mild. The second level we call it acute. The third level, getting worse, is the chronic stage, where it's it's like a habit. It's ingrained. It's rigid and crystallized. The next stage is called the severe stage, where basically you just can't function on a day-to-day basis because your counterfeit personality is just that severe. It's like it leaps out at you. It's, it's hollering and screaming all the time. It never goes away. And, of course, if, if you continue out past that, then you reach the point where we call it clinical insanity, and from a health perspective, eventually it's going to kill you. It's necromancy. So what I'm saying is, based on what we talked about before, and I'll just real quickly go over that again, if you do this test on your mate, and your mate is severe, in other words, they have no control over their counterfeit personality at all and is not trying and not looking for any. Then that relationship is functionally dead. You may not know it yet, but number one, you might as well make up your mind now for an exit strategy. You need to get out. And maybe you can't get out 
this month, next month, because you got kids, you got a house or whatever, but you need to have an exit strategy. You need to be on your way out of that relationship. The longer you stay in it, the worse it is, and it's not going to end well. If your relationship is not severe, I mean, if, if, the, if your mate counterfeit personality is not severe at the severe level and it's not at the necromancy level, it's at the chronic, acute, or mild level, you can save it. If it's chronic, what we said before was that the litmus test is this. Is your mate in denial of their counterfeit personality structure or not? In other words, there's a line in the sand. If they're in full-fledged denial and show no signs of backing up off of that denial, then you're going to have a hard road to hold. You can make it. It's going to be tough. If they're not in denial of their kind of a personality structure, if you say, you, you've got some oral issues, you've got some abandonment issues, and they say, well, maybe I do, that's hope. Keep working. You can have a good relationship. The acute and mild cases of the account of personality, that's okay. You can work with that. I mean, I'm not saying it's all gravy. I'm saying don't worry about that. You know, don't focus so much on the negative. Focus on the positive of the person. Now, let's look at this again. Let's talk about So we got a personnel. We look at this thing and we look at our two columns, pleasure versus responsibility. And we see that we're unevenly yoked or we are evenly yoked, whatever. You look at this column and you say, in my benefits column, in my pleasure column, how many hours a week am I focusing on benefits, pleasure? So... When I used to do this exercise right after my birthday, the first time I did it, you got 168 hours in a week. And the first time I did this exercise, I, I, I kept track of every hour of my life for a week, 168 hours. And what I discovered was that most of my time was spent sleeping, traveling, getting ready to do something, working for somebody else, doing something I really didn't enjoy that much, stuck in traffic, waiting in line, talking on the phone without enjoying it, cooking food, and things like that. When I put down the time in the categories where I was actually having fun, laughing, joyful, watching a show I wanted to watch, eating food I really loved, or having sex, or kissing, or, you know, whatever, I came up with 11 hours. It was a turning point in my life. It was a shock. It was like somebody slapped me in the face. Out of 168 hours that week, and I added all the categories up, I spent this much time sleeping, this much time doing this, this much time doing that, stuff that I didn't get all that much pleasure out of. The stuff that I really enjoyed, I had 11 hours. So, and, and that was high. Most people score lower than that. Now, so what you want to do, is you and your mate, you want to do this exercise for a week, 168 hours. You want to put it all in the categories based on the things that you do during the day. And you want to have one last category, 
And that's all the things that you do where you're really smiling and happy and enjoying life, where you're having pleasure. Then, after you go to your grand trine class, you want to go to your mate and say, are you willing to help me increase this time? I want to take mine from 13 hours a week to 15 hours a week. Now, some of you are out there saying, oh, this is going to be easy. Uh, it's not. Uh, I think the most I ever got up to in a week was like 25 hours. That was like really, 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 um, you know, on extraordinary events taking place during those times. So if you're over 15 hours a week, you're doing really good. Now, the thing that makes the biggest difference in this chart is your mate or lack of one. And what I discovered was that mates with the greatest level, the most intense levels of counterfeit personality going from mild to necromancy, in other words, mild to acute to chronic to severe, the higher they were on that scale, the more negative their counterfeit personality was, the lower my weekly score of pleasure would go. Let me say that again, in case you wasn't listening. When we look at this chart of how many hours a week you're really enjoying yourself, I mean, you're like sitting up there eating the best gourmet meal, or you're smooching on your babe, you know, and it's like are you up there cuddled up watching the movie that you love, and you and her are laughing and giggling, and you're feeling on them big yams, and she's kissing on you and feeling on your chest, and you guys are just plum happy. Then the kind of hours I'm talking about. So if you had 15, average of 15 good hours a week like that, before you got in a relationship with this, with this cutie pie, and then you get into the relationship with the cutie pie, and your, your hours of joy every week starts to go down, I'm telling you, they will go down in proportion to the severity of the counter personality structure of your mate. Therefore, you go to your mate after you've gone through the Grand Shine program and you say, you lay it out for them. This is what I found. Here's my chart for the week. You did your chart. You got these many hours. Are you committed? Will you commit within 30 days to making my hours per week of joy go up? In other words, are you willing to take responsibility? Are you willing to add into the pleasure column so that you and I are more equally yoked so that my level of joy in life goes up and I can put all of this tantra stuff I learned into effect. And that's going to tell you exactly where you are, their answer. If you're not in a relationship, this is a good test to do to determine if you want to get into the relationship with the person. Come right up front with them and say, look, here's what I'm doing. I'm working two jobs. I got one kid, a half a dog, and a townhouse. And I'm only netting me eight hours a week joy. The rest of the time, here, here's what I'm doing. I'm carpooling, going to the soccer game, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I've got eight hours a week of joy. 
Do are you committed? Will you commit? Do you believe that you can make that go up? And if they don't answer yes and give you a way that they're going to carry that out, I wouldn't get in that relationship. Because they'd well probably say, but. That's the first word they're going to say, or sorry. Or they're going to say, I don't know, or something like that. And if they start out like that, it's basically telling you the authentic self has shut up, the counterfeit personality has stood, stood up and started talking, took, it, took over the conversation, and you know what's up. Now, the next thing that they should say, and they should say it in this order, the first thing they should do is address your question since you asked it. And they should answer yes and tell you how. They're going to make your hours of joy every week go up. The next thing they're going to do after they say that, what they should do is they should say, yes, I will make your joy go up if you get into a relationship with me. I'll commit to that. And number two, Will you do the same for me? Because I don't know about the Grand Trine program. And you can say, well, yes, if, you're in, if that's your intention, because you just went through the Grand Trine program and you can deliver on that promise. And then you'll say to them, but, however, in so much as, or some other legal term, and you say, if I'm able to make your hours per week of joy go up, based on me taking responsibility and working toward your pleasure, will you then consider taking the Grand Trine program with Master Yao? That's my condition. Coach Kaya, what do you think about that? Uh, that's, a, that's a sensitive one right there because some men will look at that as an ultimatum. Some fiery side female, fiery sign females, Leo, Sagittarius, and um, and 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 Aries will be like, "Who are you talking to? Are you making an ultimatum to me?" And you have to be very careful. I feel how you present somebody with that, strategically wise and theoretically, it's perfect. But um, but we still going. I mean, and it's good because these relationships need changes. But when they do come to them, I still think at the beginning they need to say, when I initially got into this relationship, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't all the way forthright. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my counterfeit personality, especially if you want somebody to come to a class that you've been getting benefits from and that person only thinks that everybody is in there fucking and sucking and just having big orgasms. You better explain to them, and there's a lot of psychology going on in the grand trying class. Tell them about how your counterfeit personality has been exposed. Then fully dive into what Master Yah was talking about. I'm I'm all I'm all with that, especially the gauging, especially the number of hours that you are getting pleasure, whether you are single or whether you are or whether you were with a mate. I'm totally with it. But just initially you got to be honest, you know. Coach and Kyrie, I'm going to be honest with you. When I when back in the 90s when I started doing this with women and being very open and honest with them, I found that there were a number of women who basically just told me, "No. It's not my responsibility to make you happy." 
That's what they told me. And so I believed them, and I wouldn't get into a relationship with them. And they thought I was wrong for that. But I said to myself, look, I understand if you lie and you say, yes, I'm going to make you happy, and you don't do it. But if you come right out in the beginning and say, well, I don't think that's not even my responsibility, I know good and well when, it, when, the, when the rubber meets the road, you're, you're not going to make my pleasure column go up because you don't even want to take responsibility for the concept of it. And therefore, you're not telling somebody what you want. In other words, I, I, it's my fault because I didn't make it clear to her that I have expectations that you're going to make my life better, not worse. If you don't come out and say that, if you don't have the guts to lay it on the line, then you don't deserve for her to do that for you. Now, the other side of that coin is this. Once you say something like that, then you need to be prepared to deliver on the complimentary aspect. In other words, she's going to say, well, okay. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make take responsibility to help make your life more joyful. So what you gonna do for me? So you gotta be prepared for that. You gotta have an answer for that, and you gotta be prepared to back it up with action. I was. So my thing is, a lot of men pussy for the round and don't ask for what they want. Don't make it clear from the beginning. They get into the relationship with expectations, but they never tell the woman. They're like, you know. I do a lot of walking on my job. When I get home, it would be really nice if my woman would rub my feet once a week. You know what I'm saying? I know they got corns and calluses and bulk, bulk, oils and whatever, boils, whatever the things are, you know, bunions. <laughs> and, you know, they may be a little ashy or whatever, but, hey, I'll wash them, whatever. But it would really be nice to get a little foot action once a week. And then you go three months and she never touches your feet. And you're like, damn, she don't care nothing about my feet. Well, no, that's not right. You never ask. She don't know. She don't know how much you work, how much you walk at work and how much your feet hurt and how, how, how nice it would be just to have the gesture of somebody rubbing your feet every once in a while. So I'm saying if I want my woman to wear sexy lingerie, I should be willing to buy it, and I should be willing to do something similar for her if she asks me. So if I, I'm, if I'm, if that's so important to me that I'm not going to be happy unless she wears sexy lingerie, I shouldn't get into a relationship with her until I put it to the test. Say, honey, would you wear that thing that we got at Frederick's uh, tomorrow night, please, for our special date? And if she says no. And she consistently says no. Why would you get into the relationship with her when already you know she does not have the intention of satisfying you? Why would you do that? So I, I'm not saying you, you want to put expectations on a man or a woman that are unreasonable. And I'm not saying that you're supposed to put expectations on them and not be willing to reciprocate. This, column, this, this thing has two columns, responsibility, pleasure. And what I'm saying is they got to be equal. If you want five ingots of pleasure, you must be willing to, to give five ingots of responsibility. And at the same time, you must demand the same from your mate. 
And it needs to be up front. You need to, you need to verbalize it. So I'm just saying we are working hard today. We have responsibilities. We've taken care of our parents. We're taking care of kids. We've got multiple household extensions where you've got a kid over here and a kid over there, and your wife's got a kid over here that's not your kid. You've got kids in three different households. You've got all kinds of financial things going on, two and a half cars you're supporting, a half a dog you're trying to feed. And here's the thing. You, you only got so many hours in a week, and you're struggling trying to get from four hours of joy a week up to six hours of joy. You feel like if I can just get to six hours a week of joy, I can keep my sanity until this, till I get my promotion and they move me into the next office. And who are you going to get it from? You're spending eight hours a day at your job. They ain't trying to give you no more joy. They're trying to take your joy away. You're spending six hours a week in traffic. I can tell you right now, if you blow your horn at your drivers in the next car and you try to get more joy from them, uh, nope, not going to work. Your kids don't care a darn about you. You're there to serve your kids, not the other way around. So your kids want you to give them money and joy and great abundance, and they don't want to give you nothing back in return. So, you know, it might be cute when they're two. You might get a little bit of pleasure out of that, but you can't look to them for that. It's your mate. That's, that's, that's in the, at the bottom line, that's who you're really looking to to try to up that, that, that number. And therefore, if you know they've got a counterfeit personality issue, you know this. You take the grand trying class, it all becomes clear to you. If you've been ready to jump into another relationship and you want to move in together and you don't ask, you don't put this all out on the line, it's nobody's fault but yours. How can it be their fault when you didn't make it clear what you were looking for, what you needed, what you required? If you didn't make it clear what's in your pleasure column, what's in your responsibility column, and the fact that you want them to be equal to you. If you don't, more than likely, it won't be. It won't measure up to what you want. Your relationship will fail. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> hey, man, it's authentic. That's why, and see, that's why I love you, man, because you come on here and both of us tell real-life, authentic stories, but we do it from the standpoint of we're looking for solutions. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to, we're trying to really open up people to let them hear, like you said, what a man with balls really talks about. You know, also a woman... I mean, you got to. I mean, she has to have heart or breasts, or she got to have some some feminine balls or something to come up and step up and put it on the line at the very beginning too. Um, I definitely think that this Western culture that we've been staying in and living in for so long has diluted a lot of the honesty that we're supposed to bring to relationships, and some things are just going to have to be um, pushed pushed into 
you know, other realms by maybe some outside forces. You said back in the 90s that's how it was going. You're not the same person back then. That same woman um, remembers, she listens to this show. Whoever you're talking about, she's downloading the show. She's not calling in. She's downloading the show, and she's looking at your growth, and she's saying, fuck, why in the shit was I playing games then? Why wasn't I, why was I putting one ingot in when he was trying to put in five? And then she says, oh, my counterfeit personality is I was anal or I was a uh, psychopath or whatever. And that thing is eating her up right now just like it eats, it eats people up who are just getting into counterfeit personalities and responsible relationships and telling the truth. You know, we have a whole new generation out here who are taking on this particular science of Tantra, the Grand Trine, the Tower of Tantra, and trying to realign themselves. And I think it's, um, I just want to just, like I started the show out, I'm just so proud of the people who are in it, who are doing it correctly, and who are trying to make a new story that they can stick to, not, you know, not giving up, not giving us, well, he did this, y'all, and oh, y'all, she did that. You know, like, we need diapers. Like, if if the babies wear diapers, what are we going to give to the grown people, you know? So I'm just glad. I'm just glad that everybody, well, not everybody, but I'm glad that at least 2% is saying, I want to make a change in my life and I want to do this. this I mean, I'm telling you, I told you ever since the beginning when you started this program that many are called, but only a few will choose themselves because you don't cut and say, oh, no, you're too tall or you're too short or you're too black or you're too white. The system sorts them out. You see all the people that came to a grand one class, and then you get to a grand two class, and you grand trying two, and you say, where's everybody at? And now when you go to a level three, I remember distinctly you said about two months ago, maybe three months ago, you said, Kair, we'll have to see who's ready to move from level two to level three. Because I think now people are noticing the serious positive side effects that are taking place as a result of the Grand Triumph program and living this work, especially the second puberty, especially the second puberty. Um, one of the things I wanted to, I, I, I want to guide you to, because remember, can you let me know about some of the advantages when people are honest and become evenly yoked using Tantra, how their baskets can be filled? and how their cups can start to overflow. Can you speak well, on that take, for me? Let's take into that real quick. Okay. First and foremost, you know, we talk about the whole thing about the honesty piece, about being honest and upright and telling people what you really want, and also talking about what you don't like, from, but not necessarily, you know, uh, in a dogged kind of a fashion, being respectful. The first thing I want to say is that when I try to stand up straight, oftentimes I lose. So these stories that I tell are cute, but the reality is that when I stood my ground, a lot of times I lost a relationship or I lost a friendship or me and the woman didn't see eye to eye and we went our separate ways. And so now we, you can say, well, okay, you know, um, Ten years later, she's like, well, Master Yao is uh, doing Tantra and this, that, and the other. I should have stayed together with him. But, but the other side of the coin is that, you know, that may have been some benefit she was going to bring to the table that I didn't get to take advantage of. 
So the point is that a lot of times when you're honest, you lose because the other party don't want to hear that most of the times, and they're going to punish you for telling the truth. And the question that I had to constantly keep, you know, asking myself and answering was, am I going to stand up straight no matter what? And most of the times, you know, my answer is yes. Not all the time. Sometimes I cave in. But most of the times, I'm willing to take the heat. And the heat does come. So the first thing I want to say is that when you're honest in this fashion, when you're telling people what you really want, when you stop the games and the lies, sometimes you're going to lose. Don't think that just because you did the right thing, you're going to get the reward. Not the case. Know that it's not the case. Now, when you do stand up and you tell the truth and you ask for what you want and you act like you got some balls if you're a man or that you got a real vagina if you're a woman, then you have to secondly be prepared to give it. If you ask for it, if you want them to give it to you, you must be really prepared to give it back. A lot of us out here aren't doing that. Then the third thing we start to get to your your point, Coach Kyer. The third thing is, you know, dealing with the consequences. And a lot of times people will say, you know, I will say, well, I want this. I want you to wear, you know, white dresses on Sunday or whatever. And to her, she's like, why well, I gotta wear white dresses on Sunday? I only got two white dresses in my closet. You know, that's 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 craziness. But I'm like. I just I just want you to wear white on Sunday. That's what I want. That will really make me happy. That's very important to me. In the top ten things in, in, in the relationship, that's in the top four. So she's like, well, I only got two white I said, I'll buy white dresses. And so she's like, okay, I'll, I, if, that, if it's that important to you, I'll wear white dresses every Sunday. So then she turns around and says, I want you to wear black patent leather shoes on Saturday night when we go um, salsa dancing, you can't be yelling and screaming, no, 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 I don't want to wear black patent leather shoes. You can't do that. you got to at least consider it. Because if you're going to ask for stuff like that, that's kind of off the beaten path, be prepared to answer the same kind of a request. Take it to the next level. Take it to the next stage. And you say, Okay, you stood up, you asked for what you wanted, you were authentic and this, that, and the other, and the other person tries to give it, but they fall down. They, they, you know, you bought six white dresses. She put them in the cleaners, and the cleaners didn't finish them on time. And Saturday comes, Saturday night comes, she doesn't have a white dress clean. And Sunday morning she shows up without a white dress. But her intention was to do it. She put an effort into it. The last eight Sundays, she had a white dress on. So are you going to break up now because you went to brunch with your family and she didn't have on a white dress? You've you got to cut her some slack. Now, that's not, you know, most of us can't see that whole piece because we're like, you know, white dress, what's that about? I'm I'm putting this, for instance, let's, let's say more practically, it's pick up the kids every other week. And I want you to pick up the kids on Friday instead of Saturday. 
That's that's my thing for you. I want you to pick up the kids on Friday so I can, you know, go out Friday night. And I know the arrangement used to be you got them on Saturday, but now I want it to be Friday because that's what's important to me. So it may not seem like a lot at the time, but, you know, that person's inconvenienced, this, that, and the other. Then when you turn around and, and they're asking you to do something, if you're going to get all bent out of shape, you're not there. You have to do stuff that you don't necessarily want or see the need for doing for the sake of balance in that relationship because the other person asked you. Then when we get to the manifestation thing, again, if you are trying to manifest based on the laws that we talked about before and you don't have pleasure, not going to happen. couple came to me and said, uh, we were thinking about doing the manifestation thing, but um, I had second thoughts about it because I really don't think that she's into the sexual part of our relationship as much as she says she is because she doesn't seem to look forward to it. She doesn't necessarily make time for it, and she just I'm just not getting the vibe that she's really, you know, maybe she thinks it's going to get there at some point in time, but it's not there right now. If you're not genuinely feeling pleasure, you can't do it, or you're going to have a very difficult time doing it. Because if you're not experiencing pleasure, what that what you are broadcasting toward that objective is that I don't, I, I obtaining this goal, will not make me feel good. Therefore, your subconscious is going to say, don't get it. So if the woman is saying she's willing to manifest with you as a team and she is not feeling pleasure when the two of you are making love, it's going to put a a monkey wrench in the works. Therefore, if you're not honest, if you don't say what you really want, you will end up failing as a consequence of the lie. It's better to say, look, I want you to suck my breast for half an hour, then we can try it. And maybe that's going to stimulate me enough that I can generate a high enough level of pleasure that we can, we'll have enough energy to do a manifestation piece. And you might yeah, be hurt. hurt. You mean to tell me, you know, you you don't get that aroused unless I, you know, unless I give you a half hour foreplay? And she was like, I, I didn't want to tell you, but since you want to do this manifestation thing, I'm sorry, you know, it's not going to work. There's no sense of us wasting our time. And if you're going to get your feelings all hurt about stuff like that, then you doesn't shouldn't be trying to do it. But that is the thing. A lot of people don't want to talk about what gives them pleasure. They don't want to say it because we men and women are into some freaky stuff. That's the bottom line. I can tell you right now, you know, I know men, certain colors turn them off. I know men, they don't like the way their woman smells. It's not that she smells bad. They just don't like the perfume she wears or the smell of where she's working at or the smell of cigarette smoke, the smell of her car, whatever. I can tell you that it turns them off. But they never say anything to their woman because they don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. 
I know women who they need, they want, or they think they have to have sex a certain particular way in a certain particular order because the man's thing is shaped a certain way or this or whatever. Who knows? And so maybe they want one of these little massage things. They want him to stroke her legs with that for 10 minutes or, I don't know, make noises like a deer. I don't know. But they want that, and they need that little crutch to go that extra little bit so that they can climb up that mountain like they need to climb up that mountain. But they never tell the man that because they're embarrassed. If you're stuck in that place, if you're not past that point, then don't try it. Let it go. Wait until you get a little bit more advanced. Just doing projection work on a woman does not always arouse them. I can tell you, I have done half hour of projection work on a woman. They weren't aroused even a little bit. Not a little bit. Because no matter how much projection work you do, if the woman is not attracted to you, she's not going to become that aroused in a sexual way if she's your partner. I'm not talking about somebody you're just practicing on. And I can tell you that oftentimes women have certain things, and men, men even more than women, they have certain things that they want visually, sound-wise, smell-wise, feeling-wise, that, that turns them on and other things turns them off. And if you've got too many things going on that turn them off, even though you're hitting all the right buttons, they're not going to get there. Therefore, honesty is the key. It may hurt a little bit to fess up, but you've got to give either some strong hints or just come out and tell the truth because the reality is a lot of people are not hitting the manifestation piece because one of the two partners is not that aroused. And they're not that aroused because um, of some dynamic that's going on that's missing, that they're too embarrassed to tell their partner about, or they just want you to figure it out, or whatever, whatever, or, or the man's a little too small, or the woman's insensitive, or the man's insensitive, or whatever. And so until we are willing to have these discussions, until we are willing to act like grown folks, until we are willing to, you know, let people know about our insecurities, it may be difficult for some of us to follow the formula. The formula works. And when you find a couple who follow the formula and are not manifesting, that's probably why. What do you say about that, Coach K? I'm over here. You know, I sometimes have to go to Facebook, and I know that's where most of the championship counterfeit personalities <laughs> dwell. Um, I totally understand where the compromising has got to come in. Um, I'm in full agreement. I just wanted to ask you another question about game playing and how people miss the mark sometimes not doing what you just suggested. Y'all said, put it all on the line. And when they try to punish you with the truth, they're really kicking themselves to the curb because you can never be punished for the facts and the truth and being real is that person is just not at that level to receive it. 
and people not wanting to follow your wise words very often have low manifestation or empty manifestation baskets, which results in prosperity type, uh, I mean, um, uh, 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 poverty type of poverty type thinking all the time on a permanent basis. And one of the things that came up while you were talking was, you remember that old song, games people play, always playing games. You know what I'm saying? Females playing games, men playing games, thinking they can run a game on a woman. Oh, I know the game. I'm a player. Or I'm, a, or I'm a coach. I'm an owner of a team, yada, yada. Um, I just saw someone on a social network who was talking about she really was doing extra for her man. She was bringing a lot of pleasure to the table, wearing the nice things. She was um, she was even bringing extra women to the bedroom. She was having lots of fun. You know, she was doing all this for this partner. And then she went and told the man for some unearthly reason that, hey, uh, man B wants to take me out to dinner. And man A, who's receiving all this pleasure, says, oh, okay, and he doesn't get mad. And then she says, well, now I'm mad because you didn't get mad, and I'm going to take away the pleasure. Coach Kaya looks at that as a game. It's part of the counterfeit personality because now you want to blame the man because he was supposed to react or he was supposed to know he was supposed to react like he was jealous or he was supposed to get mad. If she didn't put it all on the line and say, I'm bringing you all this extra woman, I'm bringing you all this extra pleasure, I'm bringing you all this extra stuff in order for you to lock me down. I don't want you to share me. And she didn't communicate that with him. Y'all, why is she now placing the blame on this brother? for him being an incomplete man. And now she has a perfect partner to practice with and fill up her baskets because she's one inch away from hitting her diamond mine. Now she's ready to quit and back away. Why is it that the game playing causes so many people to miss their diamond mine, to miss their baskets being filled up? Well, first thing, let me just say this. Um, with all due respect to males and females and our our people out here, we cannot expect that people are going to change overnight. People got a lot of stuff with them, and if we, you know, fire everybody who, who has the slightest infraction, we will never be in a relationship. But having said that, we talked about the echo before where people, you know, repeat the same thing over and over again. But one of the things that you have to do when you're trying to move from one level to the next is you can't be in that vibration where people are constantly bringing you the same game over and over again. Sometimes to, to shape that, you have to just really run away as soon as you see it rear its ugly head. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a for instance. Back in the 90s, 
I I had a young lady, and we were trying to get into the relationship thing, and I discovered that she was bisexual. And so, you know, it didn't work out. I don't have a problem with people being bisexual. I just don't feel like, at least at that time, that I want to compete with that. And what I discovered was that the group, the circle of people I was running in, there were a large number of women in that circle who were into the whole bisexual thing at that time in the 90s. And I kept running into it. And what what would happen is that I would try to work it out. And then I got to the point where I said, you know, I really need to just get this vibration away from me. Every time I even thought or, or just suspected that this type of activity was going on, I did not want to be around that woman at all. I would, I would go to a different coffee shop, drive 20 minutes out of the way to go to a different rink branch. I, didn't want, I did not want to be in that vibration because it just keeps attracting more of that vibration. And so anytime I suspected that was the case, I, 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 I shut it down immediately and went to the next thing until after a few months it wasn't happening anymore because I completely broadcast a new vibration and because all of those old people anchoring me to that vibration, the men who were into that and the women who were practicing, I had pushed them completely out of my circle to the extent that I could. Now, once I got into a relationship that didn't deal with that, I was able to hang around bisexual women again because I wasn't stuck in that vibration anymore. You follow me? So same thing. Um, Women who have dysfunctional kids. It seemed like for two or three years in my life, every woman I was interested in had a dysfunctional six-year-old and wanted me to fix them. And I'm like, what's up with this? What's up with this? And I got to the point where I was like, okay, um, as soon as I see, as soon as I meet the woman, the first thing I'm trying to find out, how old is your kid and how dysfunctional is he? And is that the only reason you want to be in a relationship with me? So sometimes, and you have to make a call on this, if you find yourself repeating this cycle and you think it's an energetic thing, you've got to just shut that down with, with, with prejudice. You've got to shut it down. I mean, you've got to slam the door shut. And, and for a few months, maybe you just got to keep getting away from that vibration until it doesn't haunt you anymore. Then once you get past that and you, you're not stuck in that negative vibe anymore, then you can deal with her sister can have a bad kid, you know, and you can put some time, some work in with the kid. And it's not going to pull that energy back into your sphere again. When, when you look at this game playing that people do, it's kind of like that. You've got to make that decision. Are you drawing this manifestation to you based on something you've been broadcasting for the last couple of years, based on the people you've been around? And if the answer is no, then you don't have to worry about it so bad. If, if you just came across one woman and she's playing this game on you, she's saying, look, 
I'm bringing extra women into the bedroom. I'm bringing you all this pleasure. I lost 10 pounds. I'm working out. You know, I'm taking my pills. I'm taking these extra pills for pleasure. I'm doing my Tantra. And then, okay, I pull the switch up on you. Now I'm saying I want to bring another man in the bedroom, and you don't object, so I'm, I'm offended. The question is, is this a one-time thing that just happened and it's not based on something that you are that you're that you're broadcasting. It's something that she's dealing with. It's not a problem. You just handle it on a case by case basis as it comes up, and just don't even worry about it. If, on the other hand, this is a repetitive thing that keeps a theme that keeps coming up, where the woman keeps, you know, uh, throwing stuff out at you looking for you to react, and you never seem to be able to react right no matter what you do. And it's a repetitive thing that keeps coming up. This is something that's, that's coming up as a consequence of your broadcast. And it doesn't mean that you did it in the past. It just means that through whatever sequence of events that occurred in your life, uh, it all distilled down to something like this. Therefore, what you've got to do at that point is you've got to slam the door whenever you smell even a hint of that. And that, you know, as soon as you see that she's starting to ask you these questions and, it, and it's leading up to that, and you're starting to sense that we're getting into this twilight zone again, you've got to be like, okay, it's time for ultimatums. I want to know exactly what you mean and what's the point of this. And if you don't tell me, hit the brick, sister. And you may have to do that two or three times until you get that vibration out of your environment. Because a lot of men, especially a lot of women, are stuck there. They keep attracting this same type of a situation. The man's almost divorced, but not quite. And six months later, he's no closer to being divorced than he was when you met him. The man's almost employed. Yep, he's working a little bit. One week he's got money, the next week he doesn't, and you never know what's happening with him, and you find out the money he does got, he got it from another woman. And you're like, why do I keep attracting him like this? And, and so you've got to look at this thing and see if it's a cyclical thing, it's a repetitive thing that, that's coming to you because of what you're broadcasting. You've got to shut it down with prejudice, and you've got to be very strict about it, and you've got to be very tough on it because you've got this inertia of negative energy following you around based on dealing, having dealt with that in the past. And until you get that women, all the women like that away from you for some period of time so you can reset, it's going to keep trying to follow you. I mean, uh, I know a young man right now who, who wants to take the class, and, and his story is that women are always saying that they want to be this, that, and the other, but they never really deliver the pleasure that they say. They talk about Tantra, and he's dated a couple of women in the Tantra community, but what they do is they talk a good game, but when it comes time for them to take the initiative and to really give him the pleasure that he wants, there's always an excuse. And basically I said, you know, when you smell these kind of women coming, no matter how attractive they are, when you see them, when you hear that game, when you hear them talking that talk, 
that maybe kind of talk, that uh, but or kind of slam it, slam the door shut. Don't call them back. Or if yeah, or if you do this, then maybe I'll do that. Exactly. You slam do the door, slam the phone down, erase that number, and move ahead fast. And go to something almost <laughs> just the opposite until you break that vibration. Because, you know, that's that's what's happening. If 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 if, if the man says if you say to the man, Look, I want you to get a car. Because I can't seem to find a man with a car. I don't got a car. I need for one of us to have a car. I want you to have a car. I'll even help you pay, make your monthly payments. But I need for you to have a car. And the guy says, well, I'm thinking about getting a car, but if that's not a real easy but, you need to move on. Why? Because basically he is just a repeat offender. He's just an echo a reflection of the last man that you had, that you have just drawn him back because you didn't deal with the last situation the way you needed to. The women who say, oh, yeah, I'm about it. I'm about pleasure. I'm, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. And then when the time comes for them to give you pleasure, they're, they're, they're doing the Michael Jackson moonwalk backwards. slam the door in a very nice way say okay well let's 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 let, you know let's talk about this next year and next year never comes because people will play with your time your emotions your affections as long as you'll let them and if you give them two or three months to jack around pretend and get their game together They'll take two or three years to do it. You must be serious about this. Again, the, 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 the fine line is this. If the person just comes into your life and they're bringing this type of drama with them, then you don't slam the door. You work it out because it's not something that you are broadcasting. It's not coming about as a consequence of your manifestation. But if it's a cycle, if it's a repetitive thing, if every time you find the woman seems to be offering all of this potential pleasure, but she never seems to deliver, and you've gone through four or five situations like that, you need to slam the door before it can happen and move into a totally different vibration. Go go after the complete opposite personality type woman. Go after a situation where um, where it's just the opposite of the game playing, but it's it's even more serious maybe than it needs to be. You want to shift that vibration, and you have to be very deliberate about avoiding the old pattern and embracing the new pattern. Is am I very clear about that? Very clear. Very clear. I just like, just like. You can't keep saying, well, my mama did it this way. I did it that way. My daddy smoked cigarettes, drank white liquor, and ate pork, sausages. Does that mean I'm supposed to do that? As Dr. Nardi says in symptometry, this DNA cocktail I inherited, I'm supposed to improve upon it, not keep doing the same old shit. So, and that's that's one of the, that's one of the trials and um, 
tribulations that we all go through, but it's important that once we start facing the right direction, that we keep heading in the right direction. I think we really, really, really worry too much. The One of the strongest points of the counterfeit personality, whichever one you got, is you worry too much about what other people think of you. I think everybody in the Grand Trine or people who ain't never heard of the Grand Trine should get a big piece of paper out and write in all caps with a big permanent magic marker and make about 50 copies and put them around the house. I don't give a fuck what other people think of me. I care about what I think of myself. But as long as we keep caring about, oh, well, you know, I don't know what y'all's going to think of me if I give my woman a couple little extra pleasure. Well, I don't know what um, Jimmy is going to think of me. My woman wants me to put the red sneakers on today, and she wants me to suck on her left breast a little a little longer. Don't you think that's odd, Jimmy? Why the hell are you asking Jimmy? What the fuck? You know, so what the fuck does Jimmy got to do with it? You know what I'm saying? Are you sleeping with Jimmy? Is Jimmy sleeping with your wife? You know, this is a this is a big thing. I come in contact with y'all day in and day out with client with new clients, not old clients, because I bust that shit up quick. I bust. That's not that's not relationship science. And what the grand trine is about, and what tantra is about, is the science of relationships, the science of managing energy, not people's opinions or um, something they heard in the barbershop. You know, and I really think that's our biggest enemy is people getting past what other people think of them because, well, you know, we didn't see tantra on the news and we didn't see it on the Internet. So, you know, we're kind of skittish about who we let know we're going to participate in it. And like you said, then it rolls over. Now I'm not even want to talk to my partner about it, and we have all this other BS that pops up in our relationships. I just still want to just applaud you and your efforts for bringing this thing to the table like you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And and let me know. have an opportunity to grow. A, I want to get ahead. the phone number out real quick. I want to get the phone number out real quick and take some calls. Because this is one of those nights where nobody's raising their hand. If anybody's got some comments or feedback, and this does, you don't have to agree with me and y'all. It's okay if you call up and say, you know what, you two knuckleheads, this is y'all full of shit. Or you can come up and say, we agree totally. Or you can say something in between. But we want to hear some feedback from what we're discussing tonight. The calling number is 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. Nine zero eight We've only got 30 minutes left in the show. We will not be doing an after party. So if you have a comment, call in and press 1. We'd love to hear your contribution. Go ahead, y'all. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of having said it all, really. I mean, I, I think that um, we have to interpret these things correctly. And, and, and uh, when we make draconian statements like we do, we have to preface it by saying a lot of this is a judgment call and you have to really sometimes be thinking clearly and objectively because you're not going to go through life and nothing's going to come up. And so you can't say that every time this person brings an issue to the table, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, act out make a problem out of it, and this is something I can't overcome. You know, we're not saying 
that people can't bring an issue up or people can't have a fault or people can't do something that's that's not quite correct. We're basically trying to overcome ingrained institutional-like issues, especially energy issues. And we want to make the distinction between these repetitive things that are part of your energy, you know, part of your law of attraction, law of manifestation portfolio from the things that are just conflict, just natural conflict that comes up between man and a woman. And what I'm saying, and I'll say it again, when natural conflict comes up, the woman brings an issue to the table or the man brings an issue to the table and conflict comes up, you just resolve that conflict on a one-time basis. There's no law of attraction stuff in there. But if you see a pattern four or five times now in the last six months, you've seen the same pattern where the guy doesn't want to take you out the house. It's like he's making money, he's got a job. Maybe he's not making that much, but he's making enough. And he never wants to go anywhere. He never wants to do anything with you. He doesn't want you to meet his friends. He just wants to come over and prop up on your couch and that's it then it's not a matter of you dealing with that situation right there based on the merits of what happened today. What we're saying is that this is a systemic, repetitive cycle and that you need to break the cycle and the energy. It's not enough just to cut it off with this person. You need to stop the cycle from happening and stop the flow of that energy in that circle. And so we're not saying that men who don't have cars are bad. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying that bisexual women are bad. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying that men who are not who are underemployed are bad. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that if you get caught up in a cycle, in a situation for whatever reason that you don't want to be in that cycle, you need to take extraordinary measures to get out. Mm. Mm. And I'm and even I'm gonna just ride on what y'all said. And if you don't want to like the word or get out, you can use the word improve upon. You're gonna have to use some extraordinary measures to improve upon your situation. But getting but getting out may be the beginning of improving your situation. Don't think that getting out is just the only way for you to solve your problem. Because running from the problem can often, but not solving. What originally caused it in the first place, which Kaya calls ignoring yellow flags, could often lead you into running into that same issue with your very next personal partner that you run into. That's exactly the point. The more you stay in the energy with the man who doesn't want to take you anywhere and your happiness is not going up, the more you are broadcasting that vibration. You don't want to be with him don't even want to be with his friends who act the same way. You don't you don't you don't want to do that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's like you know, if he's a, if this guy was a criminal and every time, you know, you 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 think he's okay, and then you find out he's pushing drugs, and and after the fourth scenario, you find out wow, it's the same pattern. 
I, I hook up with the guy. He seems legit. I find out he's doing drugs. He's pushing drugs. Or by the fourth guy, you're like, okay, I'm in a pattern here. I'm in the twilight zone. I need to do something to get out. And you need to stay away from anybody that even looks like they might have that pattern. And you need to slam the door with prejudice. You need to really, really, really make sure that you're not dealing with that. I agree. I agree. But I, but also, when you you know when you're leaving, look how you look how you got yourself. Some remember in in all professional football games or or, or high level, when we talk about making these creating these power couples, and um, you have to look at what what got you into the relationship initially, you know. And I want to suggest two websites tonight for people who are looking for some additional guides. One of them is blackpowercouples.com. And I'm not, this is not, I mean, and white people can go here, Chinese people can go here. I know we have all races, but mathematically, the the, the black people in America have the lowest um, successful marriage rates. And you can also go to romanceandfinance.com and check out, the ebook and the DVD, which was masterfully written by a brother who's been in a relationship for nine years. He's never heard of the word tantra, but when you ask him how he's staying married and ask him how he's being successful to his attorney wife, and he just retired at the age of 37 from school teaching, making twice as much money as he was making when he was teaching school in his own business, staying in a big, fine house over in Stone Mountain, Georgia. If you ask him how he's being successful, Everything that comes out of his mouth is tantra in nature. Everything. And I say, his name is Hotep. I say, Hotep, that's tantra. He says, I don't know what that is. I say, you doing it. And then I look at people who say we want tantra, and they're not even doing what this brother is doing. So the brother wrote a book called Romance and Finance. He put it up. His website is called romanceandfinance.com. And I, I challenge five people to go order that this week. And listen and read the book. It's only 36 pages. It comes with a DVD. And if you're not satisfied, Coach Kair will give you a damn money-back guarantee. One thing I like about it, y'all, it, it has, and maybe you might consider this, write out a tantric questionnaire, y'all, for partners. Woo, that will be major. He's got 36 questions in this book to ask a person in the first meeting to see if they're interested in being in a power couple. And it's for singles and couples who are already together. It's for reevaluating if you're already in it and for evaluating when you first meet somebody. I think that would be a great thing for you to do, y'all. It's just considerate. Ten questions. Let's go over that for next week's show, y'all. What are ten questions people can ask their partner, potential or current, to see if they are really about it, about it, and moving forward in a tantric relationship? I mean, uh, well, you, I, I know the list is going to be longer than 10, but next week, can you try to bring back at least 10 questions that we can share with people? Well, I'm going to try to do that, uh, but you made me think of something else. I'm moving, um, I'm getting ready to launch the online classes here. We're coming down the final stretch. 
And in uh, in connection with that, in connection with that, we are. I'm going to be going on Twitter. Yes, I know it. It hurts me to say it as much as it hurts you to hear it. This is a dream come be, true. Uh, opening up a new Facebook page. So I'm going to be becoming much more active once I get. I've got a lot of stuff that I'm, that's taking me up during the day right now. A lot of a lot of things are taking up my time. But once we get this thing done, this and several other things all at the same time, I'm going to be back on social media, back on Facebook, back on the phones. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to be uh, giving out my Twitter information, Facebook information, and all over again. Also, uh, the website, uh, as you guys know, for the last month has been under construction. That's just about finished. You're going to see a new and improved website in the next couple of weeks, and you'll be able to interact with all of the different venues on the website, uh, and you'll be able to get so much more information off of it. Uh, the website is going international. Our business is going international. Our, our phone numbers will be changing in another week or two. Uh, we're moving our main office up to New York, so we're going to be um, going a little bit high, a little bit higher tech, I, was, I should say. Um, uh, the broadcast studio is just about finished, and uh, my boy Freedom, I give him a shout out. He's uh, consult, he's uh, doing the, the consultations with us, and he'll be available for the first few classes. So, um, um, I, I, you know. Look for some changes to be coming in the very near future, and um, I'm hoping that once I can free myself up uh, during the day a little bit better, I'm going to be much more um, active with uh, with the people out here who are listening, and um, you know everything is going to be tied together. The, the the Tower of Tantra show will be tied in there, and we'll all be interacting. Um, to, you know, we'll be able to chat better, able to do everything better, and I'm looking forward to a much uh, a much wider audience and to a much greater level of integration over the different platforms. So I want everybody out there to wish me luck. Buy as many books as you can so I can pay for all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. No, that's right. It's awesome, baby! We got a call in the chat, y'all. Let me get to this person and see if they got something. I know they probably want to blow our minds. I love it when they come up late like this near the end of the show. Things started marinating and the snowflakes have started falling. Uh, Caller from the 661-748. Your microphone is wide open. Uh, Thanks for joining the show. Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? This is Leslie. I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. Hey, Leslie. (laughs) Hi, Kaya. Um, my comment. My comment is in regards to what Master Yao was talking about, um, where he was saying that we should be able to state what it is that we have to offer to the person that we're dating, and I, I for one, find that really challenging because easily. You know, when I like someone, I'm thinking about what I can get from them. I don't usually spend much time thinking about what I have to offer them. So I think that's a really good question to just ask yourself. 
when you start dating so that you know what it is that you're actually going to, to give um, to that person to help make them happier and, and not just focus on what you can get from them. So I just wanted to comment on that. Well, my response is this. The first thing that every woman has to offer involves sex. So sexually, what are you willing to offer? And sexually, what do they want? And then the, 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 the other questions are, what do I want sexually? And is he going to give it to me? Then I think the next question involves, you know, personality, emotional support. And the same, the same set of questions. What do I really want? What am I willing to give? What is he likely to want? Then I think the third thing involves money. What do I want? What do I need? Is he willing to give it? And, compl- and, and, and what am I willing to give? And you can go down the list like that. So these are the things we don't want to talk about. We want to gloss over and pretend like they're not that important. You know, and as, of course, that's the negative side of that, dealing with the personality. What is his fault? What is his major fault? Is he willing to acknowledge it? And what are my major faults? And am I willing to work on it? I think that, you know, if, if he's willing to really just simply even have that conversation, that's like major. Yeah, I think um, people don't really want to talk about that, like, on a first date, because it seems kind of cold. It seems kind of like like a business transaction, like a contract or something. Like this, this, It just doesn't feel romantic. That's a problem, though. We're too romantic, and we're not pleasure-oriented. We want to be romantic and lie <laughs> instead of being authentic and joyful. It's just like, you know, I mean, we want to pretend and be romantic, but then when we're not satisfied, we're unhappy. Yes. But, but you know, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not sure that we should do all of this on the first date. Maybe the first date we ought to have a little romance, you know. But, I mean, at some point in time, you got to get it in. you got to know Okay. You agree? And you said the you said there's three categories. The first one would be sexual. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, how how are you supposed to say to a man, okay, well, I'm going to do these things to you sexually? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I I feel that that conversation would be awkward for me. Well, I mean, that's definitely not a first date conversation. <laughs> but you know. Um, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's sometimes there's ways that things can be introduced, like a third-party entity. In other words, you had a movie, and there's infidelity in the movie, and you said to the man, that would be a real issue for me. How do you feel about that? And so, therefore, you have an entree to talk about it. Or let's say, you know, your cousin... You you and him meet your cousin at a coffee shop, uh, you know, and you say, well, you know, my cousin's into this type of sex, uh, and I kind of like it too. What do you think about that? Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, 
I mean, I, I think there's, there's cute ways that you can figure out how to introduce this stuff without being too direct. But I think sometimes, at some point in time, you got to cross that boundary and, and you got to get out of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. If you live okay. in your comfort zone too much, you're not going to be. You're not going to have the highest level of pleasure. You're going to be. You're going to get into that mediocre thing after a while. You got to get out of the comfort zone. For instance, so I knew or I suspected this woman liked to be, you know, tied up. The first time you do it, you take a hell of a chance. <laughs> you know. So how do you do that? Do you put the cups over the bedpost? And just sort of sort of hang there. <laughs> and then she runs screaming out of the bedroom. You know she's not into that. <laughs> or you just kind of use your tie to tie her up the first time, and it's easy to get out of. And then if she tolerates that, then you go into bigger, better things. You know how do you how do you do that? Um, mm-hmm. Or the whipped cream thing. Some women hate whipped cream. <laughs> Some women just love it. So I mean. <laughs> The first time that you do it, you take a chance. She might say, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to spend the next three days living it down. <laughs> but if you don't try it at some point in time, you'll never get to lick it off of that. Off of that. Well, I can't go into that, but I'm, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, thank you, Master Yell. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Your answers are wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for calling me. And, and Kaya, you're right. Um, Brother Hotep, he is very tantric. You're definitely right about that. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Tell them, Leslie, it's sometimes the brothers who lay it out there on the line who are willing to do what they want to do. And see, this brother, his basket is always filling up. His basket, y'all, is always filling up. I mean, and I'm just sometimes looking at him just like, I know you must be listening to the show. Do you have y'all's number? He's like, who is y'all? What's Tantra? Explain it to me. And when Leslie first met him, she was like, you're doing it. You're living it. So I think sometimes (laughs) the intellectual side of us gets in the way, and we're not willing to take a risk and to just make a way. One of Hotel's favorite sayings is, if you can't find a way, make a way. And I think that's really the balls that makes a man in Tantra that really turns a woman on when she sees that. And then I think that she will appropriately get her ass in line when she sees a man who's got some balls, you know. And that's just, that's just how I feel about it. But that's the thing, Kair. Like, he has a really strong um, warrior energy or soldier energy, and I could really feel that. So, I mean, that just... I mean, that just attracted me right off the bat. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I mean, he may not know anything about Tantra, but he's a very strong, masculine type of guy. So I couldn't help but feel attracted to him. That's right. And he's not counterfeit. That's one of the big things, <laughs> I think, too, Yao and Leslie, that women are trying to test you to see. The One of the biggest ways I think men can help women get out of their counterfeit personality is refuse to be counterfeit themselves, no matter what. Slam the sla- uh, You were talking about slam the phone down on that man and that woman. Sometimes we need to slam the door on that inner punk-ass man or that inner bitch-ass woman, you know what I'm saying, when he raised his head up and says, oh, bitch out now, Kair, 
I slam the phone down on myself. Or if the inner woman says, oh, Leslie, do some old bitch-ass shit, I tell Leslie all the time, <laughs> slam the phone down on her. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen to that. And I think that's what's going to really help build relationships as we move forward in 2013 and beyond and as we let Tantra be reintroduced to the public and to the world um, as a whole. Yeah, are you still there? Yes, but not for long. <laughs> oh, no, we only, got, we only got 11 minutes. Thank you, Leslie, for calling in tonight. I appreciate you. You're very welcome. I enjoy listening to <laughs> I I enjoy listening to both of you very much. Thank you. Thank you. This is a dream come true. It's awesome, baby. Well, once again, uh yeah, you came in here and you rocked their world. I'm I'm really happy that um everybody got some out of the conversation tonight. I want to big shout out to Toronto, to Leslie and Misha, who's listening in faithfully as well. Big shout out down there to Valdosta, Georgia, and all the big skyscrapers they got going on down there with Nelma Ray and the big uh, new new international airport they're building in Valdosta, Georgia. Big shout out to Sassy Lynn in the uh, chat room for tuning in, saying she can't wait to the level two class. And I wanted to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart who tuned in tonight from all the different area codes, 248-607-786-916. Thanks, everybody, for just tuning in to Zoom in tonight and checking out uh, Master Yao and the Tower of Tantra, hosted by Coach Kair right here at Original Native Radio. Yao, you got any uh, parting, parting words or you want to give them, um, you want to give them a little teaser from last, from uh, for next week? on what you might be, uh, what what one of those interview questions may be? Uh, I'm going to save it for next week. Um, I want to talk about the water sprite energy. Mm. And I want to say, you know, um, <clears throat> we have, we're still looking for artists to do illustrations for us for the books that are coming out as a, Whole another book coming out now in about two months. The second book in the grant in the uh, Oracle of Kemp's new series, and we're we're uh, doing uh, artwork for the book right now, and we have an artist, but we need two more. So if anybody out there in uh, Radio Land knows an artist that's serious, we've had a lot of make-believe artists come through with talent but no business sense, not able to follow up, don't have the time or whatever. We need people who are serious about their artwork and who actually will do drawings and actually do work and get it done on time and get paid. Nothing for free. We're paying people. We have been paying people and we're paying people. So um, I'm working on, um, uh, well, we have people working on the second book in the trilogy, while I'm working on this website and the uh, the, the, the uh, online class, but at at some point in time, you know, we're getting the artwork done now, so that by the time the artwork is done, I can get back to editing and get this book published. So we would, we would if anybody knows an artist or any artist listening, please um, contact me on my website www.masteryow.com or email uh, Kimsa New. I'm sorry. Kimsa 333 
at gmail.com. That's it for me. I want to thank That's everybody for listening. Absolutely. Look, and of course, somebody else wants to raise your hand before we get out of here. I'm glad y'all chiming in. Call it from the 916-955. Your microphone is open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? That demo contains evidence. Hello? Hello, call it from the 916. Hello? Hello? Okay, well, that might have been an accident. <laughs> I've heard other I've heard other things. When you're doing live radio, you know, things happen. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take a time with a little bit of music. Um this week, um do wanna make an announcement. Coach Kyer is having a special. Um fifty percent off on all my uh half hour and hour services um that I offer. Um comedic stone readings, EFT, um, emotional freedom technique, astral harmony, uh astral rhythm as well as monthly and goal settings according to your birthday. Um, we are Some say we're entering a new millennium on 12-21-12. Some say 12-12-12. Um, either way, you need to find out what your math is telling you about your birthday and what it is that you need in your life. If you don't know yourself, if you don't know your math, and you need to get in, uh, get, in, get in tune and find out, this is a great time. I have a 50% off special. Uh, until December the 21st, where Kyrie will be taking off original native air, original native radio will be off the air, or at least Kyrie will be off the air. If I have another DJ or somebody else who wants to stay in and host, uh, but I won't be on the air from November the 21st until February the 5th. So um, I'm giving people time to uh, come in, take advantage of the special and the services that I provide and I offer. Um, and, and tantra and astrology and nurturing and some tometry and healing in any form and uh, just get with me and I'm doing 50% off and this makes it even cheaper if you have children. This makes it more affordable because I was already doing 50% off for children so now it's down to like 75% off for children if you want to have some type of consultation for them. My phone number is 910 W E L L nine one zero three seven five W E L L. You can reach me at Coach Kyer at Gmail. You can also hit me at Coach Kyer on Twitter or O Native Radio on Twitter, and I'm on Facebook at Kyer Love as well as my fan page Coach Kyer. I'm easy to find. Please reach out. And it has been my pleasure once again to be on board tonight with Master Yah Morris from the Grand Triumph Program. This is the Tower of Tantra, and we will see you all next week at 8 o'clock. Peace. Before the universe, beyond time, there was a single dot of creative power. And from that single center, the whole universe was brought forth. And the goddess of time stood at the center of the universe she had brought forth. Her creative power was spent, for she had created much. But within her, there was a feeling of emptiness. As her creative powers regenerated themselves, 
she desired more, for in creating she derived her pleasure. So she brought forth the seas and the lakes, the lush trees and plants, and all the animals to dwell therein. She brought into existence all things, and set about to balance them, one unto the other, so that they would procreate and multiply. After she had completed creation of the universe and the earth within it, she desired even further pleasure. So she conceived the human form and took it unto herself. And she named herself Kali and divided herself into two, bringing forth Mahakala, the male. And she taught Mahakala the tantric pleasures and the regeneration of his own creative powers. Together these deities of Tantra brought forth the first humans and passed on to them the rituals of Tantra that they too might know the joys of complete pleasure and total union with the universe. So says the ancient Tantra Yogi Shastra.
It may be that turning to our own inner power is the only hope this planet has to save itself from its suicidal technology. We came here through sex and we're going back into sex when we die. That's the last initiation, returning to the cosmic womb. Man is born with an erection and will die with an erection. And in the time that intervenes, that energy can transform him. Tantric methods are natural, life-affirming, joyful. Every act, every moment becomes a part of your spiritual practice. Tantra is sexuality in a spiritual context. It takes enormous courage and dedication to be tantric in your view of sexuality, as almost every religion tries to control and repress sexual desires. They warn you about being a slave to your passions, which are sinful and shameful, a sure way to displease God. They idealize renunciation and celibacy. But in fact, you can never free yourself from sex by repressing it. Trying to avoid sex creates an obsession. In our society, we are afraid to get into our sexuality, and that unexpressed energy turns into neurosis. We are enslaved by it, and yet not permitted to enjoy it, so the hunger is never satisfied. True celibacy can be obtained only by having a profound experience of sex and being finished with it, transcending it by transforming lust into love. Love is the very essence of man, and yet how seldom it is manifest. Civilization has forbidden the expression of love by condemning sexuality. The tantric must break the mold and defy the moral precept, for sex is the means by which we come to know love. Love is sex energy transformed. Sexual energy with the breath is the key to unlock all the different levels of our consciousness. And to know the elemental truth of love, you must first accept the divinity of sex and learn to worship through the senses, through the flesh. The more accepting you are of sex, the more free of it you become. And total acceptance and surrender to natural energies leads to the most sublime experiences. Many spiritual paths teach denial of the senses. Tantra seeks to explore every sensation taking each to its most exquisite level, not to become attached to the sensation, but to make of it a meditation, to focus on the sensation in the moment with total awareness, as if nothing else existed. This focus brings you into the eternal now, the only true meditation. As long as some unexplored curiosity is clinging in your mind, the thoughts will continue to jump around. Only when you have fully explored the world of sensation are you ready to drop it and then experience the stillness of meditation. is looking for dedicated students who want to learn how to eat scientifically and live a disease-free life. American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. 
That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out at symptometry.com. That's S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry.